Welcome to the Public Health Networker, the official podcast of the Public Health Podcast Network. I'm your host, Dr. April Moreno. In this podcast, we speak to professionals about public health in community, global, and environmental health settings. We talk about mentorship. We talk about how to develop public health professionals and podcasters. And we address some of the major crucial issues of our day as it affects environmental community and global health. And so join us along this journey as we speak about creative solutions and partnerships so that we can proactively make a change for public health. We are pleased to present our partner, the HPP Podcast. The HPP Podcast offers context and new perspectives drawn from articles published in the Health Promotion Practice Journal. The podcast and journal are dedicated to the art and science of health promotion with the broader goals of health equity and social justice. Welcome to episode four of the Public Health Networker. This is a really fun episode that I had the opportunity to do with Dr. Carmen Williams of the City University of New York. We met several years ago, I believe it was like in 2018, maybe 2017, when we were both fellows with the National Library of Medicine uh, postdocs in biomedical informatics. And this was a wonderful conversation where we were able to catch up on what we've been up to over the years since that postdoc. And then also we had the opportunity to discuss the status of public health informatics, where it currently is today, where it's going, and what we've been doing in the field over the past several years. So I hope you enjoy this episode where we discuss public health informatics, what is it, and what is what makes it different from other types of informatics? What is population health informatics, and how does that connect to, pu- to public health informatics? And then also feel free to join us with the next episode after this, where we actually interview a couple more folks in the field of informatics in general, and we go into the AMIA conference, the American Medical Informatics Association uh, annual conference that took place in San Diego just not too long ago, a couple of weeks ago, where we had the opportunity to interview a few more people. So do uh, you know, join us in the next episode as well, in episode five, where we further discuss public health and informatics. I hope you enjoy this episode. Thank you for joining us today at the Public Health Podcast Network, the Networker Podcast. Today, we're speaking to Dr. Carmen Williams. She is the assistant professor. She's an assistant professor in population health informatics at the City University of New York. Welcome, Dr. Carmen. Thank you, April. I'm so glad to be here. Yeah, so we are, uh, you know, we're not necessarily old friends, but we've known each other for a few years now. And we both met during our time at 
um, during the postdoc, the NLM Biomedical Informatics postdoc, I was located at UC San Diego. You were in Indiana, if I'm correct. That is correct. I was at Indiana University and um, Regan Street Institute in Indianapolis. And yes, the NLM uh, T15 Fellowship. I think we met in actually in Tennessee. Yes. At um, Vanderbilt, I believe. Yes. <laughs> yes. So we were uh, presenting at the uh, informatics conference, the NLM conference in Vanderbilt in um, Nashville at the time. And it was wonderful. Um, how was your experience in the postdoc? Yeah, I had a wonderful experience. I think um, from just learning more about informatics, uh, and I was specifically in population and public health informatics, and only having a little introduction of that in my um, graduate program, it was just wonderful to learn more. And then not only did I have wonderful mentors, I met a lot of amazing um, people in that program, um, including you. And um, just overall, just the doors that have been opened, the opportunities that have been made um, based on that, just in the informatics field, um, getting to know more about the American Medical Informatics Association and becoming very involved in that. So um, yeah, they kind of opened a few doors, um, definitely gave me some, a place to go, a path in which to go. Yeah. How did you feel about it? I had a great experience as well. I think ours was slightly more clinical informatics based. Um, and then um, my first mentor had um, transferred to another school. So that was kind of sad, but uh, I made the most of it and uh, continued to stay creative with it. I worked on community-based participatory research methods. Uh, community uh, online platforms for um, chronic diseases. So that was a lot of fun um, building up from kind of a bottom-up um, informatics research perspective. So um, from there, I just decided to go ahead and start my own nonprofit and then also this public health podcast network. So yeah, definitely more on the public health side myself as well. And um, so today, I'm just really excited, of course, to be talking with you today on this public health related podcast about public health informatics in particular. And um, I guess we can start off by talking about what public health informatics is and uh, what have been the recent trends in the field. Yeah, and I, I think, you know, I'm teaching specifically in, oops, in population health informatics, but the idea of public health informatics, we see a lot of that right now with COVID and, and a lot of data dashboards being built and um, different databases being tapped and accessed and tracking, all of that goes into the idea of public health informatics. Mm -hmm. And it really is about using these different tools to better serve the public and their health. Um, and so all of these tools provide different types of information, even people, all of these information areas being gathered um, and a lot of times using electronic sources so that we can better serve the public and their health. And so again, like COVID has been a big one um, with the tracking and surveillance, um, but then even things that are just ongoing that we kind of don't think about are things like disease surveillance. And, and you know, once we, um, hospitals and, and everything like that are being involved in sending different things to the CDC and all of those things being tracked. And even globally, we, we're doing a, a better a, a better job at tracking a lot of things, um, even internationally. So um, yeah, what would you say? I'm interested to know how you feel about that. I think basically that's 
pretty much it. I mean, in public health informatics, it is um, definitely, if we look at the agency perspective of it, it is most definitely a lot of the surveillance as we look at COVID and, um, you know, just the epidemiology side of things and just tracking the infections and the vaccination rates and the deaths, hospitalizations, and all of these things that are going on locally in different locations. And so um, that's most definitely like a really clear um, definition or example of what pu public health informatics has looked like. But then also I would include things like the electronic health record itself and how, um, you know, traditionally, and I think maybe still there's um, this interchangeable terminology where some will say, you know, EMR and some will say EHR. Mm -hmm. And so we've, mm -hmm. you know, either it's an electronic, electronic medical record or electronic health record, however you choose to define it or call it, but it's basically the same thing. But with that EHR, we're looking at a lot of how it can connect to the social determinants of health and how we can identify additional factors as it relates to how people um, have uh, different health outcomes and lifespan and different chronic illnesses based on geography and other factors. So I think that's another kind of um, another dimension of what EHR has looked like um, or public health informatics has looked like, how it can, connects to those social determinants of health. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So tell us more about population health, because I do see that kind of intersection here, right? As we talk about population health and public health, I think um, I was prior to the postdoc, I was working with the CDC in a health systems integration program. And we did a little bit of that conversation um, with surveillance, but um, I'm curious to hear from you about those differences between population health and public health. Absolutely. And, and we, and as you mentioned, a lot of the intersects, I mean, we're, we're dealing with populations, we're dealing with public and, and population tends to look more at a defined target population, or um, if it's the global scale, we're looking at this global population versus maybe just the local public or something like that. Public health, we tend to think of like local health departments and local uh, public health agencies versus population health. We're really looking at this broader reach um, or a targeted population. And so, um, but just as you mentioned, even with the EHRs, we, we there's clinical informatics that gets in there. Um, we use a lot of the the clinical informatics um, outcomes or the things that come from individual patients and then use that on a grander scale. So aggregated data from that. And then you, you use that to see how you can help bigger groups of people. There are things like um, that come out of like those hospital groups. And we know with like things like the um, High Tech Act and the Affordable Care Act, there were things set in place to kind of better this idea of how we begin to look at population health and social determinants of health, how we're beginning to address some of these issues. And so part of that is taking this individual level um, and start thinking about how do we solve this maybe in this zip code? How do we begin to solve these issues um, in this type of health issue, you know, um, versus just for an individual patient. So mm -hmm. kind of some of the, like I say, a lot of it overlaps, but um, just kind of some of the differences there. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And so I think even in clinical informatics, we even start to zoom in a even further as we look at population health, it's really literally like the patients um, that that one particular hospital sees, 
So then that's like mm -hmm. population health, that one MD's um, panel of patients. So um, we have some variations just depending on uh, the field that we're working in. Uh, and even like population health itself, as you mentioned, it can be broadened into the um, geographic level, the agency level, um, the people that we specifically serve, I, I would maybe kind of explain it to be. Um, and then another thing I wanted to talk about was um, a little bit more on the, um, the things that informatics has been able to help us with. But I guess even before that, uh, my question or kind of what I wanted to address is like how we've gone from maybe reportable conditions, like we've got COVID, we've got flu, measles and so on. These are reportable conditions that agencies, hospitals are required to report these cases to um, their local, their state, and even to the CDC. Um, and the thing is like, what we're looking at in the chronic illness space is very interesting. We're seeing uh, more of a list of registries and things like that, that are not necessarily reportable conditions, but now we're looking at kind of like the self-report of data, which is really interesting as well. But yeah, yeah. do you have any comments on like registries versus um, reportable data? That yeah, I was just gonna say, absolutely. We have um, the idea of like Fitbits and now there's things like you take your blood pressure cup home and and things like that you're keeping logs and I know that's not maybe new but now it's all electronic now you can get it with bluetooth and there's patient portals and things like that and so in in a lot of cases it does make um this idea of population health seem a little bit easier because it's it's like we have such connection to the internet or such um internet of things we have such a connection um with our health system now um, that it does seem to make it uh, a little bit better. And um, of course, with everything, there are challenges. And so we understand that, that there, there's still the digital divide, um, especially in when we think about these areas that have great social determinants of health um, that are like underserved areas, seeing those rises in, in different areas. Um, and so all these things have to be considered as we continue to create different things with informatics and um, and things like that. And I'm not even sure, April, if I answer your question. I think <laughs> but so. But I, I just absolutely agree with what you said. Yeah, I think you did. I totally think you did because we talked okay. about Fitbit okay. and all these different ways. It's almost yeah. even like a population of one um, health yes. <laughs> platform. Absolutely. But um, yeah, and then the other thing is, I'm really curious to hear maybe connecting to what you've seen in current trends, for example, uh, how has informatics been able to help us with health outcomes? Informatics has helped us with outcomes, I think in a lot of ways. Um, one, one thing we, and I'll give an example of one, one way, when we think about things like telehealth. So you have this, this outbreak of COVID and all of a sudden, um, people, you know, not only are people not able to come in, physicians are out, other clinicians are out, um, you know, and, and, a, and a lot of them were still there, but then in a situation where you can't just go into the doctor 
for um, like stubbing your toe or something like that. There, there was this huge triage kind of situation where now we aren't just going to see everybody, you know, it, it, it really became this kind of thing. And so telehealth had a real, a big rise there for a moment um, with the ideas. So that is one informatics tool that was really helpful during um, something like this pandemic where we have, you still want to be seeing, there's still issues going on, um, mm-hmm. but we had to prioritize other issues um, to the point where regular, the regular care of he- or regular d- delivery of health care had to change and informatics was there to help with that change. Um, and so the outcomes we see, um, you know, we saw a lot go <laughs> with that. Right. But I, think, yes. I think even the idea, yeah, I think, I think the idea that the use of telehealth became more normative. Um, and so people were like, oh, I could just get on my phone and send my doctor a quick message over the portal. Um, you saw some uptake with different things like that that have been trying to be be pushed for months and months and years and years now we see it so easily done because it it was out of almost necessity um so just one example so we know informatics has some great uh tools and things and like i said even with cell phones and having greater access to healthcare health information um although again there are challenges with everything so we know there there could be some um, challenges there, but for the overall, we see that there are some better outcomes um, with access to health. I'll say mm-hmm. that's one specific area. Definitely. I agree with you with the pandemic. It did help us to speed up some of the technology and technological advances with telehealth and um, telemedicine, being able to see uh, our doctors without having to travel has been wonderful. It's been wonderful for the disabled community as well. Um, I would I hope that there's going to be a little bit more um, language assistance out there as it relates to these apps and things like that. I think that's like a major challenge as we look at the informatics of things. And um, I love this one um, definition kind of as I was working on my dissertation, I think it was uh, Dr. LeVenture um, who talks about this breakdown of, you know, data to from data to information, to knowledge, to wisdom. And I think it even broadens out from there. I just love that um, kind of like the Legos of what informatics is. And um, yeah, have you have you taught on those different things? Yes, absolutely. My students will be, I would be excited for them to be able to tell you exactly what it is. Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, yes, we, we talked about that uh, just a couple of weeks ago, actually. And just thinking of, yes, taking this raw data from nothing, um, you know, and, and putting context to it and building, um, putting meaning to it for the information, and then turning that into things we can continue to use as far as the knowledge, like um, moving forward, how do we um, better put rules around things and better put policy out there. And then that wisdom being, you know, I think about things, even especially with public health, you know, um, how things like smoking, you know, uh, they were finding like in this one survey, they found like they they had just found out in this particular survey that secondhand smoke was doing, you know, worse than firsthand smoke, you know, in a lot of cases in a lot of um, communities. And so that's when they started saying, hey, we need to do something about this. So things like the um, Clean Air Act came about and things like that. And so we see things in public health coming about really helping through that that model process through that data information Mm -hmm. knowledge um and then now wisdom 
Thank you. That's a beautiful example. I haven't had a chance to really think through it lately. Um, thank you for sharing a, an actual, like a real life experience um, case study of how those building blocks can apply to save lives and improve health outcomes. So uh, Carmen, can you tell us a little bit about the podcast that you work with? Sure. Um, I work with um, the women-led um, For Your Informatics podcast, which um, it used to be the Women in AMIA, the American Medical Informatics Association's um, organization. Um, but now For Your Informatics podcast, which we changed the name, we rebranded to really expand kind of the thinking about it. And so it's still women-led, it's still um, steered and governed by the women in this association, um, but really focused on including more diversity, really looking at how are we affecting people in informatics and their learning and their career paths and, and things like that. And it's under the, or under the um, subcommittee, which actually looks at how, how are people exposed to informatics how are they doing while they're in informatics? And then for that matter, why do people leave? Um, you know, why do they leave the organization? Why do they leave the actual field? Um, and so just getting a lot of information um, through this. And so the podcast kind of goes through that life cycle span of different things. We have people talking about their career paths. We have people talking about diversity and inclusion and mentorship and different things that actually affect um people in career in general, but especially um, informatics and STEM fields, science, technology, engineering, and math. Um, and so uh, this podcast, I've been um, directing this podcast since 2018, and we're moving along. There's 22 episodes now. Um, and so we're just complete continuing to build and things like that. So moving right along with that. What have you seen in terms of trends in the field as it relates to the podcast and things around you that you've seen in informatics? I think one thing I'm noticing, we get a lot of um, people want to know that people are successful. <laughs> I think, um, you know, that that this is a right career, I think, is one trend like this is something I should be I should continue to go for with. And how do I continue being you know, one thing we we just started talking about was the fact that um, informatics is still a, a pretty new field, if you think about it, you know, compared to things like science <laughs> in general. And so being that it's a newer field, how do you make some of those steps? Um, you know, how do you meet the right mentors? How do you, you know, how do you make your own way? Um, if this is a, you know, you've just, you've discovered something that works better. How do you get that out there? How do you publish those things? And so to me, it's really about, you know, how do we continue to educate people and train people and help people along while they're building their career in this field. And so I would say that's one of the biggest trends, um, in mm -hmm. this particular, yeah. <laughs> okay. I have this question that just emerged as you were speaking while I was in my postdoc in biomedical informatics, a lot of the conversation, the, the visitors that would come to speak, they seem to interchange informatics quite often with data science. How do you clarify informatics from what people are looking at as data science? Yeah, um, and it's so funny because I don't think I actually have like a, a clear definition of what data science is, but <laughs> I will say, that informatics is, is more of um, this gathering of information um, so that it's useful. And so 
um, or gathering of the data and information, anything that basically can give you that information. And, and I, like I said earlier, I think it's more, you can, it could be people, it could be tools that you create uh, to get the information. It could be getting it from different areas, but it's more about that information, um, getting that from all these different areas. And in our case, using it towards bettering health. Um, and so that is the actual definition of informatics um, in a, in a a general way. And then um, data science, basically, I would say is more just the study of, of the data and how to use the data and how to uh, manipulate the data and building tools that that basically do that, mm-hmm. I would say is my definition. Yeah. Thank you. I'm really glad we're having this conversation. And we're kind of getting these terms out there, because these are things that, you know, to this day, in the field of informatics, we do see uh, these uh, conversations continuing to um, you know, maybe need further um, breakthrough, breakdown, and analysis. So I'm just really excited to have this conversation with you today. And as you talked about your podcast, it does very much sound very similar to what the goals of the Public Health Podcast Network aim to do as well. We're kind of like more on like, you know, just public health itself. But a lot of what we wanted to do here was to build an equitable workforce, to build more creative solutions to public health, as we've seen during the pandemic that public health agencies, they're very limited financially, they're overburdened with a lot of these tasks, and there's so much work that continues to need to be done. And then at the same time, we've seen these huge health disparities. And I I thought this is another way we can get the message out there through the power of podcasting. This is one way we can equip uh, people just out in the community to learn community health workers, anyone with a public health message to get a microphone, to get on to anchor.fm or whoever free hosts and just start sharing and podcasting their health message. So that's how we got started. And it sounds very similar to the work that you've been doing. Yes, absolutely. And that's wonderful. Um, and, and it is similar. And, the, and I think it's okay, like to have multiple doing this work. This is great. Yes, we need please, more please, of the more. message getting out there. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, and I was going to say something, this is to the other point, I think about how um, interpl- dis- interdisciplinary <laughs> um, that informatics is anyway. And so mm-hmm. it has things like data science in it. It has things like biomedical engineering engineering and Mm -hmm. different areas. It absolutely draws from these fields. It uses these fields, multidisciplinary as well, just all of us working together to make it better for healthcare. And so we need everybody. We need all of the podcasts. We need all of the messages um, towards better health. Absolutely. Yes, I agree with you. Thank you. So how can we connect to you? How can we connect to your podcast? How can we learn more? Sure. Um, we have um, a website. It is with the amia.org and that's A-M-I-A.org. Um, and you can go to the podcast page there. Um, also, you can follow us on um, Instagram, Twitter, um, Facebook, and LinkedIn at, it's at F as in Frank, Y, <laughs> and then um, informatics. I said that really weird. For your informatics. So it's F-Y informatics. Um, and you can follow us at all of those places. And we also have our podcast on Spotify, um, Amazon, iTunes, um, 
SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, a couple others, but those are the main ones. And you can also listen on our website. Mm, thank you so much, Carmen. Thank you for joining us today, Dr. Carmen Williams. And I look <laughs> forward so to connecting with you at AMIA and um, you know, sharing more about informatics. Hello, Public Health Podcast Network community. I'm pleased to let you know that our episodes are now scheduled for Wednesdays every week. And every Wednesday, we will be speaking about various topics and interviewing people in the field of public health. We'll be talking about career. We'll be talking about focus and what the different options are in the field of public health, what that variety of potential is for you to become a public health professional or to strategize and to grow your career, whether it be in the public health sector, in academia, in community work, or even entrepreneurship. The different fields and the different options are pretty much endless. So I hope you enjoy our Wednesday episodes now for the Public Health Networker podcast. We will be actually releasing three episodes per week now, but the Monday and Wednesday episodes are going to be created especially for our membership community. So those are going to be topics on motivation, self-care, how to create self-care and a space for quality of life in the field of public health, how to create your ideal career and build ideas to envision an ideal space for health equity and for a better way to do public health. So I hope you enjoy these Wednesday episodes of the Public Health Networker podcast. And if you're interested in learning more about our membership community, the new podcast episodes on, on Mondays and Fridays are just one of the many features of ben the many benefits of membership. So to learn more about our membership opportunity, visit us on publichealthpodcasters.com slash membership at our site. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Public Health Networker. For more information about the Public Health Podcast Network, visit us at publichealthpodcasters.com. You could also find us on Twitter at phpodcasters or on Instagram at publichealthpodcasters. Thank you.